Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I chat with Jesse Lakes about the Amazon commission rate change. And you may remember Jesse from a few other episodes. He's a friend of mine, and he is the one of the co-founders and the CEO of GeniusLink. GeniusLink is a product that helps you basically link to affiliate offers that are out there. They work with many different affiliate programs. So not just Amazon, but for a lot of Amazon associates, GeniusLink is a great way to geotarget. So if someone, I'm based in the US, I normally target US Amazon customers. So if someone from say the UK ends up on my site and they click on a link, they're routed to the Amazon program in the UK makes sense, or in Canada, right? Wherever they happen to be from. And GeniusLink can route them and cookie them in a proper way so you have the attribution. I hope I explained that pretty well, but basically, if you have international traffic, it gives you a way to monetize. Like I said, GeniusLink works with a bunch of other affiliate programs, so it's a great way to you know, monetize if you happen to have different affiliate programs that you work with. For example, let's say you're a YouTuber and you have camera reviews. You may have a link to Amazon and you may have a link over to B&H Camera, for example. So it's a good way to you know let people find the best deal and that sort of thing. So there's a couple, couple areas that we talk about around that. But the main topic that Jesse and I got into was the commission rate change. And Jesse wrote an excellent article sort of laying it out. And one of the stats that I keep saying over and over, I got from this conversation with Jesse and the article that he wrote, the blog post over on the Genius Link blog. So that stat is from 2019, I believe. And basically Amazon has a 35% market share. They're number one for online retail e-commerce. Walmart is at roughly 5%, a little under 5%. And they're at number two. So the point is Amazon pushes a lot of volume regardless. And this is a pretty candid interview. We just, we talk about the impacts, maybe why it was done. We field some questions as well. There's one area, this was a YouTube live stream. So there's one area where Jesse actually does like a demo of what's called choice pages. And those choice pages allow you to give the visitor a choice, as you could imagine, very, very well named, very clear. So it gives the visitor a choice. And basically there are different places they can click. So this is what I was was mentioning before. The visitor has the option to go to Amazon or Walmart or B&H to check the price. And, you know, we we can't show you here on the podcast, but if you want to see the demo you can check out the YouTube video or you can go to Genius Link and just check out the features and the demos and the benefits and all, all the details around the choice pages. So I'll put a link in the uh, description here in the show notes so you can check it out. But if you just search for choice pages over on Genius Link, you should be in good shape. Somewhere in the interview, Jesse mentions, hey, you know, if you if you want to give Genius Link a test drive, just send them a note. So the support over there is really good with Genius Link and they know who I am. So if you just let them know 
that you're from the Doug show. They should hook you up with something. I'm not 100% sure what, but he was like, hey, we could hook up. We could hook up the crew. So, all right, I think that's about it. I'm going to send it over to the interview and we will probably edit out some of the stuff that is completely irrelevant as far as the on-screen demo, because again, this is audio and I understand that. But if you want to see it, you can check it out on YouTube. So without further ado, let's hear from Jesse Lakes from Genius Link. So the reason why we're chatting today is, of course, some of the dramatic changes that came out with the Amazon Associate Program. And Amazon sent out an email on Tuesday, which I think was the 14th of April, notifying folks that in about a week, the rates are going to change. And I'm going to share my screen here. Hopefully this works. And if people want to get this spreadsheet that I'm sharing right now, there's a link in the description and I link to the original links that Amazon shared with us. But I sort of broke out some of the specific categories just so it's a little bit easier to see. I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but from the data that we had available at the time, this is what we have. So you can kind of see the percentage drop, the before and after, and I've broken out certain areas like groceries, for example, that those were at 5% and now they're at 1%. So that's an 80% drop there. So you can get to those. And before we move on, I do also want to plug just some of the stuff that um, Jesse has going on as well. So there's a few links in the description, uh, some of the, the topics that we're going to be discussing today. Quote, you know, time to leave Amazon Associates, question mark, very important. And then Jesse wrote this great blog post, and that's kind of going to guide our discussion today. I want to thank everybody hopping on live because I know this is, um, you know, a dramatic time, dramatic time out there and a lot of changes, a lot of things are going on. And not only are affiliates impacted, but people like Jesse and his company over at Genius Link, those are impacted. There's a whole industry around affiliate marketing, whether it's SEO agencies, freelance writers, there are software companies like GeniusLink, there are plugin makers, there's hundreds and that, I have no clue, but there's a lot of people that are impacted and a lot of us are hit uh, pretty hard. Now, any quick thoughts, Jesse, before we kind of look at some of the other details? Lots of thoughts, I don't think any of them are quick. I mean, and I think that's, initially kind of the problem is that a lot of the gut reaction is quick, but there's so many nuances here. So I'm, I'm glad we got some time to start to unpack some of those, but yeah, no. Okay. A cool. lot of people are impacted. So first thing I want to point out is, you know, some people are, you know, really upset and, you know, rightfully so this kind of came out of nowhere. It's a pretty quick change. Times are changing in the world anyway, but it's a very dramatic change and it could Im impact a lot of people, uh, their livelihood, their families and, and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. one interesting thing is this is not the first time that Amazon has made changes before. In fact, there's quite a history and I'm gonna, uh, Jesse, I'm gonna turn it over to you while I share some of the documentation of the historical changes over time. If you just wanna talk uh, generally about that. Yeah, so the biggest, I think, impact happened a few years ago in uh, April of, of 2017, and then there was another sizable impact um, the, the following May. But this this kind of got me on a little bit of a, a rant. We started digging into it and started using a, a tool called um, archive.org, the, the, the Wayback Machine. 
and just started to try to understand what what is Amazon doing with their affiliate program? Is it is it going down? Everyone knows it's going down, but then it comes back up when no one's looking, or is it just going down and down and down? So went on a, a bit of a, a binge um, late last year and just did a ton of research, uh, Looked, uh, found as much data as I could for the last decade and found uh, about 50 different times, uh, just shy of 50 different times that Amazon has changed their commission rates in the last decade. But the gist is that Amazon continues to decrease their their commission rates. We uh, found kind of this, this overall metric, this kind of average across all categories metric. But you can kind of see that over time, the number of categories kind of creeps up and then jumps way up. And then you can see that the line you know, it's kind of slowly dropping. There's some pretty major drops as well over over the time period, and then obviously most recently. Um, but there's kind of two sides to this. Yes, you know, it, it's a bummer. Things are dropping, but you know, if you're reading the tea leaves, it's something that that was kind of foreseen. Amazon is kind of always constantly adjusting things, tweaking things, running experiments, etc. And it seems that April to May timeframe is when Amazon does those things. So this is horrible. I, I don't want to downplay that whatsoever, uh, especially if, if one of your categories went from something solid to, to one or two or 3%, it, it's a major bummer. But on the flip side, Amazon Amazon's affiliate program is it's gonna be 24 years old uh, in July. It's a very mature program. It's uh, in general considered to be one of the highest converting affiliate programs. The, the affiliate commission rates have always been pretty pretty generous. They didn't do this at the right time. I think the language could have been, I think there was a lot of things they could have done better, but it's it's not surprising that it was done. And I don't think they're, they're done doing it as well. But I do understand why they did it. I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Well said. And again, links are in the description. So I do want to point out people can dig into a lot of the, the narrative and, and see how this plays out. And Jesse, thanks for pulling this data together. I didn't realize you I mean, you're a hard worker, so I'm not surprised you did all, all the research and stuff, but I didn't know it was all there. And, uh, you know, quick shout out. I know a lot of times when I do these live streams, I chat with people directly in the chat. I, t I call them out. I say, hey, what's going on? Today we have a dear friend of mine, Thais. She's going to be moderating in the chat, keeping order over there. So shout out to Thais. And she's going to help consolidate some of the questions for us. And... It will just keep a little bit more order, so hopefully I won't mess up the technology anymore, number one. But number two, we'll be able to answer some of those questions that people have. So thanks a lot to Thais. And I think I'm going to hop over to the post where, you know, you title it, Time to Leave Amazon Associates, which I obviously stole for this live stream title. You know, it's a pretty good one. Why do copywriting when someone else did it for you? I mean, a couple things to point out. Jesse and I are both entrenched in the Amazon associate program. So I would say, number one, we're not associated with Amazon at all. So we're not speaking for Amazon. We don't just legally, we don't know anything. We're just a couple guys <laughs> here for your entertainment. So hopefully it's a little bit entertaining. And the other thing is, um, yeah, we're, we're sort of entrenched. So keep that in mind. We're trying to bring you good information, but at the same time, like this is part of our livelihood. So just be aware of that. I think it's it's fair for us to say, and uh, Jesse's nodding. People can't see him right now, but he's nodding. He agrees with me with the two things 100%. I just said. So number one, I just want to like get right to the point. Like, should people think, hey, I need to leave Amazon. I need to do something else. And if not, why is Amazon still a good option right now, Jesse? There's two different sides to it, right? There's your personal shopping buying behavior, and then there's your your work behavior, your use of the Amazon affiliate program. 
And while we're talking about affiliate stuff, and that definitely deserves the, the bulk of it, you know, you as a consumer, you as a shopper also needs to be considered to some degree. I know that our family, we have Amazon boxes on our front porch on a pretty regular basis. I don't absolutely love the company, but we have a prime membership and it makes shopping really easy. My wife does an awesome job managing all that. And she has my full approval to, to continue to shop at, at Amazon. But with that in mind, putting on your affiliate hat, knowing that there is over a hundred, you know, hundred million prime members in the U S alone that Amazon has, I think it's 38 or 39% U S e-commerce market share, according to eMarketer. And the next biggest competitor is Walmart with 5%. Amazon still is typically the dominant shopping giant for, for at least us here in the US. So there's two sides to the story is, is an affiliate. Yes, you can abandon Amazon's affiliate program and you have every right to do so. Um, this is pretty crappy. But at the end of the day, some percentage of your audience will buy from the store you recommend, but that other percentage are gonna buy the product where they would prefer to buy it. And that's kind of the hard nuance here is just because Amazon's dropping the affiliate rates doesn't mean you should abandon, especially if your demographic has a higher percentage of, of prime membership or that Amazon serves your, your audience base incredibly well. Yes, you may be able to get, you know, two or three X more commission rate from another store, but if no one buys from that store, your conversion rate is going to be so low that it doesn't matter. Your net revenue uh, likely will not change. So when you put the question on kind of either or, it's an impossible question to, to answer. It's really hard to say, I'm gonna be 100% Amazon or I'm gonna be 100% Walmart, 100% Best Buy, 100% you know, Acme Store Co. that has an awesome affiliate program that pays me 50% commission. Because at the end of the day, it's it's really where your shopper's gonna buy. Your job as an affiliate marketer is to, to recommend the product. And a lot of people do a great job with that. But that last mile part is, is the real challenge. Where are they gonna buy? And Traditionally, Amazon was a win, right? A good, easy to use affiliate program that had great conversion rates and commission rates. With those commission rates dropping, conversion rates probably aren't gonna change. So it's less revenue for us if we stick with them. But again, is there more revenue elsewhere? Is the buying behavior there? So again, yeah, the either or question is a really, really hard one. And I just wanna highlight something again from, from the post that people can read a little bit more deeply if they follow the link in the description. Amazon has a 38% market share and Walmart is number two. Is that right, Jesse? Yes, with like four point something. Okay. Rounds up to five, I think. So seven and a half times more market share, if I'm doing the math right. So US e-commerce, yeah. E-marketer, if you Google, yeah, Amazon market share US e-marketer is the one that did that survey. And I think it's relatively new. And it's e-marketer is a pretty well-known name in the industry for, for having good metrics. But that's a number I'm going off of. Okay, very good. So that's a huge difference. So even if another company is paying a much larger percentage, the math may still work out for Amazon. Obviously, Amazon's a big company. They have a little weight they can throw around. So they they have leverage. There's not a ton um, that we can do. So That we can do as affiliates. But again, as a shopper, if you don't agree with Amazon, stop buying on Amazon. Sorry. <laughs> nope, and that's a that's a great point. I was going to say because the the shipping times have increased during this you know these last few weeks, it is better to order from somewhere else if it's going to take longer, or you know you can get you know product of American suburbs. So Walmart is a place that I go to anyway. It's familiar. Yeah, they're half a mile away, and they do curbside pickup for us. Yeah. Um, Target has a great affiliate program. Yep. Yeah. So both of those, those are two, you know, completely viable options to add to the mix potentially. 
And, you know, we're going to get into some of the details on that, but I want to talk just a little bit about like other options that people may have. So I'll, I'm going to jump in and say display ads are another option for people. So there's a lot, I mean, there's AdSense, there's Ezoic, there's a lot of other companies out there. And if you have content on your site that is primarily review based, maybe you're still going to be better off directing people to an affiliate program because you're reviewing products. It's all about buyer intent. It's all about like the visitor on their site and how you solve the problem for them by helping them hopefully make a decision. Sometimes you may have a lot of informational content, how to content. And in that case, what's well, a no brainer. There's probably a, a good chance you're going to make more money with display ads because uh, you know, the way the world works now, I know there's a whole other argument around display ads, ad spend right now is declining. Things are shifting, but you have options. You definitely have options. So those are a couple ideas uh, just w without even adding other affiliate programs. But Jesse, um, do you have any, I mean, you're, you've been in the affiliate game for how long? I uh, started in 99, 2000. Wow. Yeah, I hated I hated affiliate marketing initially, um, but that's another story. <laughs> sure. It was the only option after the uh, the dot com crash. So I guess maybe it was two thousand one. Yeah, is when I, I dove into. So yeah, banner ads were no longer an option. So my first websites I had to do affiliate marketing, and it I was horrible at it. Didn't convert, and I hated affiliate marketing. But yeah, again, that's <laughs> that's another story for another day. It's been a wild ride. It's been an absolutely wild ride. As far as different business models go, as well, you have an expertise if you're you know writing content. You know, can can you sell an informational product? Can you teach a class? Does a YouTube channel doing reviews? You know, as, as video are those options as well? Can you diversify your revenue channels? Can you actually take your lessons from selling a specific category of products and and turn that into a product yourself? Granted, you know, supply chain is is a bit of a mess at the moment, but if you are the absolute expert at widgets because you've been an affiliate for widgets for the last five years, you know how a better widget should be built. FBA, when it's working, is is an incredible opportunity as well. So the yeah, affiliate, I feel like, is is a gateway drug. Once you get an affiliate, you have so many other opportunities that that are not too far away that you can take a lot of the skill sets that you've had and, and kind of pivot. Not saying that you should, just, just want to throw that out there as, as you were saying earlier. And I think you're right. People develop skills in so many different areas, whether it's like web design, copywriting, content marketing in general. I personally branched out to video, which eventually, you know, I got a, what do they say? A face for radio. But if you put enough <laughs> lighting on, on somebody, they look all right. You know, I probably should dress better, but you know, you can't win them all. So th the point is you develop other skills. I have a podcast as well. There's a lot of skills that you end up just picking up. And just you started a software company. You ended up working for some pretty cool places. So let's talk about the potential of adding or working with other affiliate marketplaces mm -hmm. or companies that I know. Uh, Commission Junction is a big one. Share Sales another one. Some companies have their own in-house affiliate program, and you cut out the middleman, whatever it may be, and you could work with them directly. So, just any broad, broad thoughts on that? Affiliate marketing is is everywhere for for better or worse. You know, a lot of people, and especially the audience here, you know, know Amazon well, which is why they're here because we're talking about the the massive black eye they gave us. But so many different retailers and brands have their own affiliate program. So. You know, it kind of goes back to what what is your specific industry? What is your specific niche? What are you promoting? Um, if you're pushing a lot of 
of running shoes, well, Nike has its own affiliate program. You don't have to, Nike's a bad example because of the Amazon thing, but you know, New Balance <laughs> has its own affiliate program. Adidas has its own affiliate program. You know, so each of those use different affiliate networks. So kind of you know, back to what you were saying, CJ versus AWIN versus Impact versus Rakuten, et cetera. Yeah, I, I see that kind of as a, a byproduct, but I think really kind of narrowing in where does your audience buy or where would your audience like to buy, right? Maybe, you know, again, if it's running shoes, well, they're probably gonna trust Amazon you know, Foot Locker's pretty well known, at least here in the US. And they probably be willing to buy directly from the store because the brand name is huge. So right there, there's three great opportunities to promote your product. Two of them are outside of Amazon or to sell that product via affiliate. Very good. Just quick note, everyone, I, I got to plug our stuff. So number one, if you do want to see some of the work that Jesse has been doing in, well, just blogging and information, there are two links in the description highlighting a lot of the details we're talking about today. One of them is choice pages. The other is I put together a spreadsheet, very simple spreadsheet, just showing you the before and the after of these commission rate changes based on the information that we have right now today. So there's a link in the description. You'll have to enter your name and email. You join my email list and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff. You can unsubscribe afterwards if you don't want to, but I'm gonna be talking about this sort of thing often. And just in general, Jesse, can you just give like the one sentence uh, summary of Genius Link just so people know what you guys do? Yeah, so for, for the audience here, a lot of Amazon affiliate users, we help make your links work globally. We are a premium version of, of the OneLink tool. OneLink was, was kind of modeled after the technology we built out. So making sure you're not leaving money on the table internationally. Cool. And, and it works for some other programs as well, if you would just want to mention that. I know we, we have a lot of Amazon affiliate folks here, but... I mean, it's a pretty robust product. Try to be, exactly. Started with iTunes, uh, that was that was my background. Amazon was next. We uh, also helped the uh, Microsoft affiliate eco ecosystem. But in the last few years, we've really opened it up to, to be a lot more affiliate program agnostic. So um, you can use our tools with, with any, any link, any affiliate link. We support a, a good number of the most popular affiliate programs. We also support uh, Viglink and Skimlinks, or I guess Sovereign Commerce as they're known now, and Skimlinks. So you can drop in one of, you know, tens of thousands of different uh, links to different retailers and we can make sure those are affiliated. I think the real value is what we're gonna be getting to here in a few is in, instead of having to answer that either or question, what about having multiple buy buttons for, for a single product recommendation? I think that's really one of the technologies we're most excited about and we're, we're really starting to shine and what seems to be most applicable to, to today's unfortunate situation is how to how to take those lemons and, and make some lemonade. Very cool. So yeah, we're going to hop to the choice pages in just a second. So Jesse, before I start sharing your screen over there, if you want to pull up what you need to pull up, and then I'm just going <laughs> to hide all the other stuff, you mean? Yeah, wh whatever you got to do, whatever you whatever you got to do. You can sign up for the email list for Niche Site Project. I talk a lot about affiliate marketing. We'll just generalize it at this point. We're going to answer questions. So thanks for all of the people asking questions, all the activity in the chat. And thanks to my friend Thais, who I pinged her earlier and I was like, hey, we got an emergency situation over here. Do you think you can moderate the chat for me? Because I'm probably gonna forget some stuff on the live stream, which I did. No one could hear Jesse at the beginning. So thank you to Thais and she is feeding me some questions. So I'm gonna send it over to Jesse now, and he's going to show us choice pages, which is, it's going to be an option for us moving forward. So, so yeah, we call these, these choice pages and the, the gist is that they're, 
their landing pages. Landing pages where you can promote just a single product uh, and have multiple different retailers. So you'll notice that Amazon is a, is a pretty common option here. So the idea again is that you don't have to decide is it Amazon or Walmart, Amazon or Best Buy. It can be it can be multiple ones. Choice pages were originally built out for the music industry where, where music streaming, music buying is, is a bit of a um, commodity. We found that our audience uh, specifically in the uh, book space was also really appreciated. We had a, a handful of um, different creators that were starting to use choice pages to promote uh, camera gear and uh, had some some huge successes. Uh, Armando Freire from Mondo Bytes uh, is, is kind of the poster child here because his success was just such runaway, but he more than doubled his Amazon commissions and became a top uh, affiliate for B&H Photo Video, another major retailer in the, the video area, just by starting to use choice pages instead of direct Amazon links. That looks that looks pretty amazing overall. And I was going to say just in general, I'm trying to imagine the use case, right? So someone, mm -hmm. the use case is basically someone would click on the link and then they land on the choice page where mm -hmm. uh, an image is shown and then mm -hmm. you see options, whether it's, uh, you know, B&H, which funny story, the camera right here that I purchased, I ended up buying from B&H. It's hard to point behind you in reverse. <laughs> so I bought it from B&H because availability and the price. And I actually love B&H. Have you ever been there, uh, Jesse? Yeah, their their New York store. It's crazy. All the conveyor belts. Um, so yeah. cool. B&H has, they're, they're just good people too. It's really fun to work with them in the shop, in their affiliate program, et cetera. Anyway, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I was just, you know, total tangent. Yeah, it's a good shop. And I know there are some other just big retailers like that. So, and you, you mentioned all the ones that Genius Link will work with for choice pages. And it seems like a good use case. So quick, I'll just repeat it again. So everyone kind of follows along and Jesse, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a link. It's, it's the link that goes to the choice page. Someone then can click on affiliate links from various different affiliate programs, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Promoting one product, let the last mile kind of be tackled by the user. The user can decide where to go. You don't have to decide where to go. Your uh, compliance stuff is there to keep you out of trouble with Amazon. We're trying to make it as easy as possible to monetize Amazon as well as the others, boost your Amazon conversion rates, which hopefully helps make up for this drop, but also, yeah, become diversify your revenue by using these other programs. Okay, and to be devil's advocate just a bit. Of course. From my perspective, you know, more clicks usually is a bad thing, right? So someone has to click over to the choice page and then they have to make another click. Now, I know you mm -hmm. mentioned some of those, the, the micro conversions, it's, it's like the yes ladder where you keep going a little bit further. And, and once you've made it to the choice page, you may as well and look and see what's the best price. But do you, mm -hmm. do you have any specific cases where you're like, this person is actually doing better because there is a choice page? So we have been doing some testing. We're getting close to statistical significance in the testing, but before we really come out and, and publish numbers, we wanna make sure that they're, they're rock solid. But there are some instances where it's, it's not converting higher, it converts about the same. So in some places it's, it's a, a slam dunk, in some places it's, it's not as much. I haven't put my finger on specifically what those are yet. If it's the call to action, if it's the number of buttons, if it's uh, the industry, et cetera. So I'll be completely honest. There is still a lot of experimentation to be done with, with choice pages. In general, we're seeing at least a double digit lift. Uh, Armando, again, you know, triple digit lift. In general, kind of across the board from, from the tests that we have done, it's been good. But you're absolutely right. There are there are some that never negative by anything, but usually kind of right on par with, with kind of the 
direct experience versus adding in this extra step, but so much to, to be explored. There's there's so much testing that can be done. So everyone's industry is a little bit different. How they recommend products is a little bit different. Who the, the top retailers are for, for those products, if they have affiliate programs, if those affiliate programs are easy to use, et cetera. There's so many different variables that it's um it's really hard to make the blanket statement, which is why we haven't made a blanket statement because we're, yeah, still more numbers to, to kind of nail in yet, but. Right, now we got a bunch of questions coming in and awesome. we're gonna start hitting those. So one of these is, and I can't remember who they're from, but again, thanks to Thais, one of us said, I understand why they changed the rates and can you help us understand why they changed the rates? So Jesse, go ahead. Sure, and this is, this is hard, but at the end of the day, Amazon is a publicly traded company and their fiduciary responsibility is to the investors, Jeff Bezos being one of them, one of the largest ones. So at the end of the day, you know, Amazon has lost money for nearly 20 years as they build up this, this massive ecosystem. And now they're getting to a point where their, their shareholders are demanding returns. And unfortunately, as an affiliate program matures, it's one of the areas that some margin can be taken out of. I've seen it yeah, with, with other affiliate programs as well. It's just as, as things progress, they, as they build that stronghold, they need affiliates less. Not saying that the affiliate program is, is less important to them, but that they can use the different levers. And one of the levers being you know, what percent commission they, they are willing to pay out for different categories to kind of ensure that they're getting maximum value, maximum return from, from their affiliate program. So you know, Lawn was hit, but I think Consumer Electronics was was not, was was left alone. So it would one would imply that Consumer Electronics is still an area where Amazon values people pushing pushing recommendations, pushing product sales through. That being said, just because it's important today doesn't mean it will be important next April, et cetera. This is somewhat of a dynamic piece. So also with, with the COVID, the pandemic piece, it, it makes sense to some degree, why they cut some of those those categories. Uh, they don't need to incentivize people for grocery delivery because it seems that everyone is using Amazon grocery at the moment to, to get get food delivered because they don't want to go to grocery stores. It's a hard reality. And it again, I, huge empathy for, for everyone watching, for our clients as well. It, it, this sucks. But on the other side of the, the coin, it's I understand the unfortunate reality of of working with one of the largest companies in the world that that a company exists to make money unfortunately. And they have leverage. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Which is actually one of the questions in here. And someone did ask, actually like a hundred people asked that one. <laughs> Some people are asking about switching to drop shipping or something like that. So I'll, I'll tackle this one and say, yeah, you, you can look at drop shipping. If you have traffic, and I've said this on a few live streams, and Jesse and I are going to do as many questions as we have. We have a bit of a harder stop at the top of the hour here. And basically, you can look into another business model, definitely. And if you have traffic, you can probably figure out a way to monetize it. You can work directly with companies. You can go to a different affiliate program. You could sell ads on your site directly to companies. So you're managing it and you're not going through an ad network. You can go through an ad network. And if you're a little more ambitious and you're like, hey, you know what? I want to start a physical business or a physical product business. I want to do drop shipping. I want to do private labeling, however you want to frame it. There's definitely an aspect of opportunity here. So whenever there's a crazy downturn and there's a correction and just shit's going sideways, you definitely have an opportunity. It's harder. Believe me, I haven't even done it, but I know it's harder. And I know that at this point in time, a lot of people are like, you know what? I'm taking my ball going home. And if you stick around and if you make it out the other side, whether it's two months or two years, 
Whenever this sort of lifts, there's gonna be some strong companies that got started right now. Actually, if you have a drop shipping company now, now's an interesting time to uh, buy some affiliate sites where people are getting rid of them. Or if you're thinking, hey, I got a ton of traffic, why don't I sell the products directly? Who can I partner with? So you can try and go directly to the company. You can look at a drop shipping model. You can look at some you know, blend of, I don't know if there's a blend of the two, but you could look at different options, but there's definitely opportunities now because people are panicking. Hopefully no one's making any you know, abrupt decisions, but drop shipping, one of the aspects you may have to look at is customer service and fulfillment. So the fulfillment could be an easy piece. Customer service could be an easy piece. If you have not done either one of those, there's a few things you'll have to learn about each. And I think that's the challenge where there's like, maybe four or five pieces of a business operations that you haven't done before. And it gets a little complicated. You have HR issues where the easy part, one of the reasons why I like affiliate marketing is you just get the, the traffic over the people that are already interested in making a purchase. And then you let the, you know, Amazon in this case or whatever company, you let them convert. And that, I mean, it, it's great and it depends on what you want to work on. And I didn't want to have a team of people. I didn't want to deal with customer service. I didn't want to deal with fulfillment or any of the other aspects, uh, you know, customs and bringing in products or whatever. So I opted for the, you know, the easier, the less overhead kind of model, which is affiliate marketing. So that's my shot thoughts on drop shipping and so on. So if I can add one thing to that, then you hit it kind of early on and and just kind of briefed it, briefly hit it again, but that's community. Your job as an affiliate marketer should primarily be to build a community and then monetize that community. And affiliate marketing is a medium to monetize that community. But at the end of the day, your best effort is to build a group of people that you can build trust, you can build engagement with because that can be monetized in various different ways. So you, you said it, I just wanted to reemphasize that because I think it's such an important point. Very good. And next question is around choice pages. And someone asks, is there a benefit to choice pages instead of having two buttons or two links directly on the page? And then there's a follow-up, something we talked about earlier, Jesse, as far as like using Amazon quote assets, like an image and then other affiliate programs. So there, one of our mutual friends, uh, Matt Allen over at Amalinks Pro mentioned this, sent out an email. So there's a little bit of nuance and I'll sort of turn it over to you. And I'm not as familiar with this area, so I'll just be upfront about that. Sure, I forgot what the first question is, but let's tackle this this other one first. So yeah, there's, I think it's rule Z and in part of the pages and pages and pages that are Amazon operating agreement and the policies page. I forget exactly what the language is, but the, the gist is, is that Amazon doesn't want you to abuse their assets. They don't want you to abuse their API. So if, if you're getting assets from them or you're getting information from them, it's important that you include an Amazon link in close proximity. So if you're, you'll notice that we populated the uh, art and, and the title and so forth, and the Amazon link came first, and that's to stay in compliance with, with Amazon's rules. Amazon is fine with including other retailers, and you can, you can see this by some of the, uh, the biggest affiliate marketers out there, you know, the Wirecutters, CNET, Digital Trends, et cetera. You see a lot of these major corporations that wouldn't risk uh, having Amazon come after them, including multiple multiple buy buttons, multiple links, um, et cetera, including Amazon's prices as well. So unfortunately, the way that that rule is written, it can it can definitely be interpreted in an incredibly strict way, or it can be interpreted in what I believe is is the correct way. And the correct way is that yeah, don't 
be stupid and use Amazon's assets without promoting Amazon affiliate links. Okay, perfect. What was the, what was the, the earlier question? Sorry. <laughs> the first one was why use choice pages instead of having just two buttons mm -hmm. directly on your site? Sure. So the one of the beauty of choice pages is that they're they're they can be used anywhere. So Amazon's rules say you can't use affiliate links in email. Uh, Amazon has additional overhead in regards to using affiliate links in social media, et cetera. So choice pages were built to, to encompass all those other extra requirements and make sure that our clients are, are completely compliant when they're, when they're using choice pages. We're not specifically built to be used inside of a website. That being said, we've, we've seen some success stories of them, but I think there is definitely some opportunity to expand those those choice pages maybe as a as a widget of sorts to kind of include it there and you've seen you know as, as matthew allen with Amalinks pro or aawp have had great success kind of having those those compare boxes buy boxes etc and i think this is a an opportunity for us to do something similar where the choice page technology is, is built into the the actual web page in, in a clean way but yeah we're we're getting there step by step very good. And let's see, is there an easy way to convert old single link to a choice page link? You go to edit a, uh, a single Amazon link, it'll, it'll tell you if, uh, if we found other, other retailers uh, and you can click to, to create a, a choice page from there. So it's, um, yeah, just click to edit, which is the gear on the, the far right hand side. We'll scan the link, check it against all the retailers we currently support. And then it's a couple more clicks to, to build a choice page from there. So yeah, it should be a, a very easy you know, seconds to, uh, to convert those. Okay, very good. Just quick question, and I, I don't know, I didn't tell you I was gonna ask this, so. Um, but <laughs> You didn't tell me half the things you were gonna ask. It's more fun this way. So I could just say it came from the audience and you won't know any different, but how much does Genius Link cost for people that are not signed up just so they have a scope of like how much this is? Starts at $5, $5 a month. If you have crazy volume, the, the price will increase. We call it utility-based pricing, but yeah, it starts at, starts at $5. That being said, for your guests, ping me and I'll make sure they get an extended free trial. Okay, everyone, if you heard that, I'll put a link in the description, but if you head over to Genius Link, just let the folks know and um, you can get an extended discount. Appreciate that, Jesse. Of course, anything we can do to help right now. Cool, and uh, we have a few more questions coming in. So awesome. I think this is around uh, just using Genius Link in general, and then maybe uh, the choice pages. So someone's asking about API skills or any kind of coding skills to set it up. We have tried very hard to make it as easy as possible. That being said, we, we have a JavaScript snippet you can use if you have uh, some light familiarity with, with uh, editing themes and so forth in WordPress, or if you really want to go full on, we have a, a full API as well. So it really depends on what your appetite is for, for getting into, into the weeds. But my mom can build a choice page, which I think is a, is a nod to our designer and the, the engineers to, to make it as, as simple as possible. Man, my mom can like barely answer. I called her yesterday just to check in and see how things are going. She can't hear me on the phone. I think my <laughs> AirPods are broken or something. And uh, your mom's building like web pages. My mom's like uh, barely I, I answering the phone. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> a little different, but okay. So next, would Genius Link work with AWIN and their affiliates, which I, I'm not familiar with them, are you? Yeah, AWIN is a is an awesome affiliate network uh, based out of, um, I think they're based out of Amsterdam, but they've really had a great presence in, in Europe and have uh, done a great job expanding in the last handful of years. We support a, a number of different top affiliate programs and that list is, is continuing to grow. Um, so if you are a Genius Link client, you can jump over to the affiliates page and uh, add, add new tracking ID, I think is the button, big blue button, second one down. And it lists a bunch of different programs and they come from a bunch of different affiliate networks. That being said, if the affiliate program on AWIN that we that you want to use that we don't specifically directly support, you can absolutely drop in the, uh, the affiliate version of that link. Or you can drop in the raw version and use Skim Links or VigLink, which absolutely support AWIN. So there's uh, multiple different ways to skin the cat here. Very good. Yeah, there's so many affiliate networks. I never even heard of it. I mean, I stay in my own little little bubble in a lot of ways. and. We got a, a few more minutes, so we're going to keep looking at the questions and going through. And Jesse, just a quick you know, shout out to you and Genius Link. And I know this is a tough time for everyone. I see people are saying in the chat, you know, this is my livelihood. This is hurting my family. It's a tough time. So, yep, I hear you. I mean, this is hitting me right in the nuts myself. And I mean, this is a serious, serious time. So thanks, Jesse, for taking time with us today. Oh, absolutely. No, it's um, I've had built businesses to have them devastated by blows by Amazon is it's it's horrible full empathy i yeah this sucks this really 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 sucks yeah yeah not much <laughs> i've got multiple stories of of having problems with uh not problems having my livelihood destroyed in in a matter of an email jesse you look pretty good today i got to say uh, just i mean uh, uh, short haircut but yeah what do people I do you put on pants today <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what do people do if you, like, you can't get haircuts, but I've been cutting my own hair for like 25 years, so. Target affiliate program shows up tomorrow. Oh. Getting get a set of buzzers. Ooh, all right, all right. So a couple, couple other questions. Um, someone's asking how Genius Link works for YouTube reviewers, like one Genius Link per store, or can you elaborate a bit? Yeah, so we, we actually do a ton with uh, YouTubers these days. It's really kind of up to you. You can do one one link per store. So if you're recommending again, this, this Yeti microphone and you want to recommend it on both Amazon and B&H, you absolutely do not need to use a choice page. You can use two Genius links, one one to Amazon, one to B&H. It's important to kind of disclose in proximity to that link, which where or where those links are, are taking you. But typically what we've found is that for reviewers, they're typically one, two, three products at a time that they'll be talking about in the video. It's best to and again, plugging Genius Link, best to use a Genius Link for each of those products. But then instead of listing out a bunch of other Amazon products that you use, uh, Kit, uh, another uh, R media play, which is also taking it from, from this change, is a place where you can curate products. So a lot of YouTubers will use kit.co to list out all the different gear they use to, to make their videos. Um, and they have different kits for their, their blogging, their podcasting, etc. So yeah, three links if you're recommending three products that the kit link to recommend the rest of the products kind of in your arsenal. Uh, you can generate obviously affiliate revenue from, from all those, uh, but it really kind of helps make sure that you're not eating up that YouTube description with uh, a bunch of keywords that aren't relevant to your to your description. So from just the YouTube SEO, keep focused on, on the keywords that matter. Don't clutter it with uh, Blue Yeti when you're not reviewing Blue Yeti. Got it, that makes sense. Next one is, I'm a content writer. What do you think will happen to suppliers like me? Any views on how the content marketing sales industry will change? So I think people will probably continue to need content for their websites. We're going through a weird period where everyone's sort of just waiting to see what's gonna happen. 
Um, I cut some of my costs. I looked at some of like software subscriptions that I wasn't really using or I was using occasionally. Look for alternatives, really figure out like, am I using that? Now for content, I think people are gonna realize that they still need content. And I think there potentially will be a shift from a lot of people were very interested in Amazon affiliate. And I think they're gonna shift over to display network type websites. So ad-based informational type websites, thus writers are still gonna be super important. So I think you're gonna be fine. I think in the short term, it could be a little funny like it is for everyone. And I gotta say, I was chatting with uh, one of the writers that I've worked with for a couple years this morning just to make sure she's okay and everything's going good. And uh, I was like, I think people are still gonna need info content. It'll probably be a lot more fun Absolutely. to write that than these these kind of bullshit, you know, best of articles that you've been writing for me. And she was like, oh yeah, they do get a little boring. So I think you're, you're gonna be okay. There's gonna be a weird shift. And as far as an opportunity, I believe there will be more writers, more people are stuck at home. They're not wasting their time commuting and they're looking for freelance gigs. They're, they're flooding the market. There's gonna be more freelancers. So right now is a great opportunity to start a content agency because there's gonna be writers out there that are looking for work. If you have a market, I am even thinking of doing this myself because I know there's, I have an audience that wants to hire writers. I also know a bunch of writers that wanna write. So I don't know if I wanna do that because the service-based business is <laughs> what well, has clients and that's different than what I usually like to do. So I'll put mm -hmm. it that way. And okay, a couple more questions here. So basically, I think writers are going to be okay once I, we I, turn around. I'll add on to that. Good writing, it's so you notice good writing. I guess you notice bad writing. Good writing is is kind of the expected. So if you've got some experience in, in good writing, especially if you can kind of follow the whole SEO track and write well two keywords that's enjoyable, succinct, etc. Every time I write a blog post, I wish I was a better writer. It takes me so much time. It would be so much easier to, yeah, exactly work with a professional that, that actually can do this this well and it'd be so much more efficient. Amen to that. Yeah. I, I'm a very slow writer, so I understand. With Genius Link, do I have to apply for and get approved by different affiliate programs? Amazon, absolutely. Amazon made it very clear to us in the very early days that they don't want us to stand between their relationship with their uh, publishers, their, their associates. So we are a tool to help with the associates program, uh, the Amazon affiliate program. We are not a middleman for it. That being said, most other affiliate programs are supported by tools like VigLink, AKA Sovereign Commerce or SkimLinks, uh, where you can just sign up, get approved by them, and then have access to tens of thousands of different affiliate programs. So Amazon is a bit unique like that. Some, there's some of the other ones, I think eBay prefers that you work directly with them uh, instead of going through SkimLinks, but the bulk you know, middle body, long tail, you can you can use uh, one of those aggregator tools, but Amazon and, and a few others, you, you need to sign up directly um, and then give us those tracking IDs so that we can affiliate the links correctly for you. Okay, cool. A couple other questions popped over. One is, I'm just in the keyword research step to build my affiliate website. What should I consider? So that's a deeper question. So definitely come back to the live stream tomorrow, but I would say make sure you go for a a broad set of topics, which is rich with products and how-to kind of content. So it's not super hard. I think, um, you know, let's just take a, a random example. Jesse's an outdoor kind of dude. I like to be outside as well. And there's a Dick's Sporting Goods and 
gosh, there's products all over. There's uh, golf and there's tennis and there's weightlifting and bikes and there's camping gear and all sorts of stuff. So I would say if you're broad with your branding, you're gonna be okay. And by the way, for every one of those things that I just made up off the top of my head and just said them as I was thinking them, there's like how-to articles for all of them. I mean, there's probably more how-to content. So I would just say make sure that you're aiming at this in a really broad way. And um, Jesse, here's one for you. Do you think the UK affiliate program will be affected at some point? Actually, the five programs in Europe, Netherlands is the sixth, but that's a, a new store. That's another story. Uh, the five programs in Europe actually have been under a bit of an experiment, it seems, for the last year where they have a, a different model. It's not a um, category-based model like we have in the US. It's, uh, it's category-based plus you get a bonus over a certain volume. But also, if it's an indirect qualifying purchase, you actually get a significantly lower. So in some categories, it's 10% uh, under this certain volume, and then you bump up to, say, 11% if you get over that amount of volume in that category. But if you send them a search link or if someone lands in that category that came from another link in a different category, they'll end up at like 1.5%. So I think that we have kind of, you know, U.S. operates one way, your programs operate another way. I don't see those combining in, in the immediate future. I think that it's it's too early to tell kind of which one's going. Even with these reduced commissions, I think the US program may be, obviously take advantage of all of them, especially if you have a UK-based shopper, send them to the UK store because they're gonna convert way better than, than from amazon.com. But at the moment, it seems like the amazon.com US store is, is uh, still paying out a bit higher earnings per click, et cetera, and when you try to normalize across the board. What happens afterwards, it's hard to tell. I don't have those numbers uh, exactly in my head, but. Okay, cool. And we are coming up towards the end, so I'm gonna start wrapping it up. Thanks everyone for hopping on live today with Jesse and myself. And I'm gonna quickly go through a couple of questions. I saw some a little bit related to, you know, kind of tech support for Genius Link, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, Jesse, I think people could contact via email. There's a good su support system over there. So I know some people had maybe just questions about the choice pages and then maybe tech support for integrating Genius Link on a large scale. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, hi at geni.us is uh, the direct email to the support team. But yeah, there's a contact us at the footer of the page. Uh, if you have an account, there's the intercom bubble. There's lots of different ways. We have an awesome support team. I'm really proud of our, uh, our support guys. They do, a, do an amazing job. So shout out to uh, Matt and Andy and Isaac real quick if I can. Yeah, of course. So yeah, if people have any questions on Genius Link and need help, just feel free to, to reach out on the site there. There's a lot of people that are already there to help you. So, and last question, I'm gonna tackle real quick and then I'm gonna send it to you, Jesse, to sign, sign off and just you know give us a, a few inspiring words. So uh, last one, how would you assess buying an affiliate website right now with these changes? So me personally, I'm fairly risk averse. I would probably pump the brakes and just kind of see how things play out. In many ways, if you're looking right now, you're probably gonna either be able to get a good deal. And if you were in the process of closing, I think now this is a relevant time to either renegotiate or leave the deal and lose your earnest money. Like this is a significant uh, change. Potentially your the, the seller can negotiate with you and you guys could reach some agreement. But at this point, you know, losing maybe a couple thousand bucks is gonna be better than you know, overpaying on a product by, you know, 50% or something like that. So definitely tread lightly. And if you're looking around, I would, you know, just keep it in mind that things are, are shifting 
right now as we speak. So Jesse, thanks a lot. I'm going to let you just talk for a minute here. <laughs> I, I don't need a minute. I just want to say thank you as well, Doug, for, for the uh, invitation. It's, um, again, it's a, it's a really crappy time with, with, you know, global pandemic, economic collapse. You know, there's a lot of mental health issues happening. And then adding this on top of it is just, it's a major bummer. But it, it, you alluded to earlier, if you can survive this, if you can make it through this, your business is going to be such an awesome spot when, when things start to recover. So this sucks. I get it. Put one foot in front of the other. Keep pounding through. Full faith in you. If I can help anyone, let me know. Reach out. Talk to the support guys. They can connect you to me. We're here to help. Want to help. Entrepreneurship is all about paying it forward. Let us know how we can help. Thanks, Jesse. Really appreciate it. And I appreciate your time today. Thanks, everyone. Thanks to Thais for coming at the last minute. That was so unprofessional of me to uh, ask you. But um, yeah, I owe you a meal once people can socialize again. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks, Jesse. See you later, buddy. See ya. Thanks again. Thanks a lot to Jesse for joining me. It's always fun to do a live stream. And I'm slowly getting better at the technology aspect of it. In this particular interview, which I, you know, we edited out the goof up, but I forgot to turn on Jesse's audio, which you would think it happens automatically, but it does not. You have to do it manually. So each time I do a live stream with a guest, and I'm doing the producing and all that stuff. It's, it's a struggle. I'll be honest with you. It's a struggle. I know there's something that's going to go wrong. Usually it's a small thing that I could fix. And usually, but not always, usually I don't do it again, which is really good. So I'm slowly improving. And someday in the future, I'll be able to do these live streams with a guest, maybe multiple guests without screwing up. And we'll see how it goes. It definitely helps to have a producer, someone to help out in the chat and just kind of feed me questions so I could focus on talking to Jesse, thinking about what we're going to do next and asking questions. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces. But anyway, check out Genius Link, check out some of the posts and, and content that Jesse's putting out over there. And hopefully we'll have him back on soon. In fact, when we stopped recording, I was like, man, this was so much fun. It's always great to catch up. We should do it again. And then things got busy and busier. So it may be a little while before we connect again, but hopefully we'll be able to chat about a few items like just geotargeting in general. Some people aren't even really aware how to do it. That's actually a pretty common question, how people can deal with and monetize international traffic. So it's fairly straightforward in many ways. One thing that I want to tell you about is just technology. I mean, I've been running these websites for like seven years, you know, just WordPress in general. And for whatever reason, I think I was procrastinating last Friday and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to check to see if one of my pages on Niche Site Project like loads fairly fast. I know there's a lot of images. It's getting more traffic. I recently updated a few, a few posts and it was loading slow. I've been using the Google Page Speed Insight, I guess, audit page to you know get the scores. It gives you a score out of 100. It's very clear. You want to be over 80. You know, over 90 is really where I want to be. And I checked a couple of the pages, and unfortunately, they were like in the. It was like 34, 35. It was really terrible, and. You know, I work with Ezoic. In fact, Ezoic is a 
partial sponsor for some of these podcasts and some of the live streams I do. In fact, this episode is brought to you in part by Ezoic. And I don't use Ezoic on every single site. If things are working, for example, like on Niche Site Project, I'm not going to you know, slam in a new product just because I can. Migrating to anything new, moving technology where you have a few different plugins, for example, you don't wanna break anything. It makes me nervous to break things. The real thing that you have to think about is whether or not you're gonna get an even better, like a greater gain out of the change. Cause there's always pain to migration. I learned this a lot back in my corporate job where if you're moving to a new system, there's gonna be so many things that break. Even if you're planning ahead and you have experts working on it, like little things are gonna break. Every system, every integration is a little bit different. And even if you know what you're doing and you've done a hundred of these, things are going to mess up. So anyway, last Friday, I was procrastinating, trying to speed up a particular page that I knew, number one, gets a lot of traffic. Number two, I wanted to get even more traffic. And number three, I knew it was a long page with several images and a lot of YouTube embeds. If you want to check it out, it's nichesiteproject.com slash Amazon dash affiliate slash examples. So it's examples of Amazon affiliate sites. Anyway, I worked on it, did a bunch of stuff, and it was loading fast, right? So I stripped out a lot of the YouTube embeds and just optimized it for fast loading while still providing a lot of value and so on and so forth. I also started trying to figure out like why not all the images were lazy loading, which is you know something that's fairly straightforward and I'm using a plugin called like fastest cache, WP fastest cache. And it's one of the, you know, pretty basic settings. So I started going through the troubleshooting with that, eventually got it to load pretty quickly. And it took a while, by the way, it took, you know, an hour or so tweaking and retesting and tweaking and retesting. And then I realized lazy load wasn't loading properly all the time. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to. So I contacted the support and then realized I didn't have like an up-to-date premium version. And they they helped me. They they got things set up over over there with WP Fastest Cache. And then I I was thinking I'm gonna optimize the images, right? So there's some setting in Fastest Cache where you can click a button and it like downloads your images and does some stuff and optimizes them, blah, blah, blah. Makes them smaller, basically. Uh, long story short, things were going great. It was loading fast, basically about a one second load time as long as my server wasn't bogged down. And then I checked on Monday, right? I was just like, I send out an email. I'm gonna check to see how the site loads on my phone. And then I realized none of the images or not all of the images were showing. So the lazy load just wasn't loading the images. So big struggle. The reason why this is relevant is I've burned a bunch of time. I had to, I had to go and look at the backups that I had and I had to restore from a previous backup, which by the way, I'm not even sure if it works. And the thing is, Ezoic actually has a site speed accelerator, which takes care of all this stuff for you. And I did a demo on YouTube a while back where basically I took a site roughly in the same horrible shape that I was mentioning with a page speed insight score of like 34, 25, something like that. Very low, very terrible. You can see that it's just not optimized. 
and I used the side speed accelerator and it went to a 98 and a 99. A lot of times when you test, you'll get slightly different scores because I believe the server response time is a little bit different. So anyway, the Ezoic side speed accelerator does make all that stuff easy. It optimizes the images. It does the lazy loading. It takes care of CSS optimization and minifying things. And it basically makes all the complicated stuff go away. So they have a seven day free trial over at Ezoic. So you should check it out if you're interested. And if you wanna save time, I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna end up doing because like I said, I'm not sure if the backup which I restored fixed things or what the trouble is. I hope I didn't break anything and I hope I don't have to restore the site from what, what, what am I trying to say? I hope I don't have to restore the site before I optimize the page. I'll figure it out. I could probably go back and forth with the backups and make sure that it works right. But man, what a pain, what a pain. I, I don't know why I even opened that Pandora's box there. So anyway, a couple other things I wanna let you know about. I did get good feedback from a few people very enthusiastically that they liked these sort of interviews where, you know, we did a live stream, there's some Q&A involved, and I'm going to I'm gonna be releasing a few more of these because it's so topical. And I mentioned this in another episode recently where so many things are happening with COVID-19 and current events in general. Amazon changing the commission rate where I feel the need and I feel that I'm producing better content that's more relevant if I'm publishing a little bit closer to when I'm recording versus, you know, shooting or recording something like a month ahead of time or two months ahead of time like I've done before. So I am attempting that and coming up soon, let me see what we have on the calendar. I think we have a couple episodes from Matt Javanese. Yes, indeed. So those are coming up soon in, I guess, a couple weeks. And those were also live streams. Matt got hit hard by the commission rate change. We also have an interview with uh, an up-and-comer, Ben Adler, who's in the Amazon affiliate game and also display ads, and an old friend of the show, John Dykstra. So those are about the next four episodes. And like I said, I'm trying to publish them a little closer to when I record them, but I'm also trying not to sit on episodes that I've recorded in the past that are you know, relevant, but if I wait longer and longer, they will be less relevant. So for example, John and I were talking about trimming expenses and pivoting due to lower ad spend and just controlling a changing market, dealing with recessions and stuff like that. Just so you don't you know, let your expenses get out of line or anything like that especially at a time where you don't know if the revenue is going to move up quickly or if it's going to be suppressed for a little while. So some of those are going to be more relevant right now versus if I hang on to them. So that's sort of what I'm thinking with the publishing schedule these days. It is a struggle. <laughs> it's, 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 it's tough to figure out exactly what to publish when. And some of these are so topical like in the last week or two, I published some bonus episodes where I recorded something and I was like, I want to publish this right away because it's just so relevant and so hot. Now, it's not the best way to do evergreen content, but you know, we're doing what we can. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. Everybody have a good one out there. If you're brand new to the show and you found this because perhaps Jesse shared this 
and uh, you're more of a genius link person, check out some of the other episodes. Jesse's been on a few times. I talked to some entrepreneurs that are just getting started, some side hustlers just getting started. So there's some great success stories out there. And also just other people you may recognize from other podcasts and stuff like that. So have a great day out there. Keep washing your hands and we will catch you on the next episode. 